0: All right, Mike, we're getting deep again. Let's get deep. Uh, we're talking about the Imperial blockade of Lothal.
1: Don't say that again.
0: <laughs> <laughs> I'm going to say it every week. All right, so. During the imperial occupation of Lothal, the Empire greatly restricted the rights of the planet's inhabitants. Um, as we went over in the first episode, the planet was in economic turmoil. Um, so the Empire implemented a couple of programs. One of them is the Imperial Registration Program. I think it was also called like the Imperial Citizens Registration Act or something. So it was, it was featured a couple months before Rebels premiered in this official tie in blog called holonewsnet.com that posted all these videos from the Star Wars HoloNet or like to take place around the time of Rebels. And in the first video posted, the Imperial broadcaster Alton Castle, Alton Castle with a K. Okay. reported that Lothal had joined the Imperial Registration Program, whereby all trade had to be authorized by the Empire. So that's why we keep seeing like people getting hassled but for selling yogin fruit, and all, everyone has to get scanned when they come through, because basically the Empire is trying to crack down on rebels, and they're trying to crack down on the black market. So basically they said... Every all trade has to go through the empire at this point. Is that why
1: there's that one part in this episode where Lando comments on how many imperials are on this planet and yep. Kanan kind of, yep, shrugs and goes, Oh, I might have something to do with that?
0: <laughs> yeah, um, so it's also why Lando wants that puffer pig so badly uh-huh. because the empire made it illegal to have mining equipment if you're not an imperial agent. Mm. So Lando had to get the puffer pig to mine all the resources from Lothal and then get rich. Um, So any goods arriving or departing had to have imperial clearance and all ships were scanned and searched. So these regulations destroyed the local economy. They ruined farms and local tradespeople were put out of business. So, in response, the Empire implemented another program called the Galactic Farm Exchange, where the Empire promised to buy your land from the local population in order to build factories and military installations. Huh. Sometimes, as we've seen in other episodes, they also take your land by force if you don't want to, quote-unquote, sell it. Yeah. So, it's kind of a, quote-unquote, optional program. Huh. Um, But the catch is, if you signed up for the Imperial Registration Program, you'd be given access to a job where you could either become a stormtrooper, enlist in the Imperial Academy... That doesn't sound so bad. ...or work at the Cyniar Fleet System Factory. I'll never be able to say that. Cyniar Fleet System? Cyniar? Yeah, I'm going to be a (laughs) stormtrooper. So they're the people who build TIE Fighters, Um, and then in return... The Empire would collect all your personal data. So you have to join their army, and then they'll also collect all your personal data. But you have a job. Wait, so which one is a good choice? There is none. That's why people are pissed. (laughs) But if if you don't have a job, you're unemployed, then, I mean, you become a stormtrooper, because you need something to do, or else you're going to starve, right? Okay. So... One of the goals of this uh, was to cut off rebel cells and to weaken smuggling rings and the black market, but in reality, it became a lucrative opportunity for the more talented swindlers in the galaxy. So if you were talented at slipping through a blockade, you could become rich selling illegal goods. Rebels actually became so good at getting past blockades that their flagship CR-90 Corvettes became known as blockade runners. Oh yeah, so that's why they got their name. So that's where it comes from. Yep. And then for those that you don't know, the CR90 Corvette is like kind of the main staple military yes. vessel that the rebels use. So I want to ask you um, because I, I researched this, but how do you think the blockade works? Like in all actuality, because why couldn't you just when you look at this, you see there's a couple star destroyers in front of the planet. Why couldn't they just go to the far side of the planet and then just fly around? Well, it's difficult because when
1: The Phantom Menace came out, the Trade Federation had established a blockade, right? And when I was watching that... Star Wars loves blockades. There's so many blockades
0: in this series.
1: And I started thinking about that exact thing like these aren't very good blockades there seems to be miles and miles between these Mm -hmm. and so in my head and this is just like what i had pictured there were some kind of shields that were linking (laughs) in between ships because what they had established were so terrible but then when rogue one came out and they had like the shield entrance points above scarif Uh that totally changed the game for me and what i imagined a blockade could be and that it was maybe something like what i had ma- had imagined that there were shields in between ships or satellites yeah. or similar to the one above Scarif these entry ports so perhaps that's what the blockades are
0: i like that my my justification after i thought about it is Star Wars operates on established hyperspace routes. So basically, yeah. there's highways. Yeah. So I wonder if there actually isn't a good Which way... Which makes sense,
1: because you just want to just jump yeah. into hyperspace at any point. You might smash into a... Totally. A, a flippant asteroid. <laughs> yeah. So that, that hyperspace pathways have always made sense.
0: Yeah. So I wonder if there's only one point of entry in and out of Lothal. So they just have to block that one point of entry because... If you're going to get to Lothal, you're going to take hyperspace. You're not going to do a hyperspace jump to the other side of Lothal because it's uncharted territory. So you have to enter at least at a certain point. Yeah, that makes sense. And maybe like small ships can get through pretty easily, but they're more concerned about the big, like smuggling freighters. Yeah. Yeah, just I mean, this is all speculation. I don't no, know, no, confirmed. I mean, it makes sense and stuff. I've
1: I have thought about because I I often think about hyperspace. It doesn't seem like it seems like this alternative form of travel, but at the same time, you have to be moving through some sort of space, and there are things potentially in the way that's why it seems like hyperspace travel seems so safe but there has
0: there has to be hyperspace travel that's dangerous yeah so there is i actually read about this um i forgot what they're called they have some name but re- hyperspace routes have to be navigated and discovered just like sure like the old west or whatever Yeah. what's Oregon trail yep um and so your your mom died of dysentery yep I got a snake
1: bite. That guy got syphilis. (laughs) Um, Your dad has the measles. (laughs) My mom was kidnapped by a native. Are you done? Your brother has hypothermia.
0: (laughs) So there are these explorers, just like Lewis and Clark, um, and they basically go out and navigate uncharted space and they're the ones who go out for the first time and they'll fly through and say oh you can get through here without flying through a sun mm. and then they'll establish a okay. hyperspace route so Where it's a huge thing this? wikipedia somewhere. i would totally read a book about that yeah it's pretty interesting but it's that. supposed to be really dangerous yeah. it's uncharted but and wild space—it's a huge thing because these planets Lothal at one point didn't have a hyperspace route near it, so that they were kind of by themselves and operated uh, as a self-contained community. But then someone charted a hyperspace route to Lothal, so that's why all this new trade is coming in, and all these offworlders are coming in and trying to exploit its riches. Interesting. Yep, huh. uh, that's my deep dive. I like that. I, yeah, have to, we I got actually I
1: have deep. so many more questions <laughs> that, that I want to ask that I'm not going to.
0: You keep asking, I mean, I could just edit it down. Well, like, okay, so here's, this is,
1: I don't know, I'm not very science-minded. So if you're traveling between galaxies within this universe. So
0: that's an interesting
1: thing about Star Wars, though. in between galaxies? Are there, are there stars and asteroid fields? So like, yeah. what's in between galaxies?
0: Is there crap in between galaxies? <laughs> there's yeah. gotta be, right? I don't know. So here's well, so here's the here's one thing I find interesting. They do use the word universe in Star Wars, but most often, like the known world in in Star Wars, is referred to as the galaxy. So there's just so one, ugh, it's confusing. I think it's probably just poor writing and poor knowledge of science. But I also feel like. The Star Wars galaxy operates as one big galaxy, just a lot of different systems in that galaxy. Okay. Um. So it's kind of a different setup that we're not familiar right, with in our fair. in our space. Sure.
1: Um. Because yeah, because yeah. laying language is called Galactic Basic.
0: Yeah. That's like yeah. the a long time ago in a galaxy far, far away. All right. I don't know. So I don't know. It just might be like neighboring planets with like asteroids and random things in between.
1: Fair? Okay.
0: Yeah. Oh, thanks, Pete. Cool. So that's my deep dive. Aren't you glad we got deep? Don't like you talking like that. Deep.
1: Why would you do that? (laughs) peter well thanks for that uh deep dive this week uh i would like to do a little character portrait on uh but you can't guess who lando calrissian ah
0: word (laughs) that's the worst (laughs) that's the worst of my bad impressions (laughs) well well
1: well what do we have here that's a good Brian, one. you still bumming around with this old scoundrel? Nice. Oh, That's not that really great. Williams. Uh, okay, so Lando Calrissian. It's interesting because uh, there actually used to be a lot on Lando Calrissian. Mm-hmm. Um, and then when this, you know, mandate, sweeping mandate of uh, retconning all the expanded universe stuff happened, all of his books were kind of wiped out and his legends uh, appearances were... No longer there. So we here at Rebels, we like to stick to the canon. Mm -hmm. Um, That being said, man, Lando does not have a lot of appearances. (laughs) Uh, Rebels is the first canonical appearance for Lando. Um, as I mentioned in the show, he will be appearing. Uh, I'm very excited to see him in 2018 in the Han Solo film. Yeah. Being played by Donald Glover, who I love. He's so great. I love Donald Glover on so many levels. Check Uh, out Atlanta if you haven't yet. Yeah. so good. As an actor, he's in dramas, in comedies, as a musician, as Childish Gambino. I love his records because of the internet is one of my... Like, it's seriously one of my all-time favorite records. Preach. Um, I think he's freaking cool. He's also, a as a mental health activist, huh. a really cool dude. Um, he's just very open about his mental health challenges, and I don't know. I think he's an amazing person. So I'm really excited, and I think he will fit Lando well. Yeah. Um. So I'm excited to see that. So, but like I said, Lando isn't not in a lot of places right now. Uh. Besides the comic series that Marvel did on him uh, a few years back, which were pretty boring. Um. There, two of the worst comics Marvel put out were probably Lando and Chewbacca for me. They were both just... Yeah, I can get on board with that. They were just both really bad. Uh, so besides that, he doesn't really appear to many other places. He is, he was born on the planet uh, Socorro. He's approximately 30 years before the Battle of the Avon, which makes him about uh, 26-ish in this hmm. episode. Um, so during his youth, he became a smuggler and a gambler, you know, some of the only pr- professions <laughs> that exist in the Star Wars universe. Uh, you know, and he's, you know he's a proficient sabacc player. Um, he traveled the galaxy th- and piloted his freighter, Millennium Falcon. So Millennium Falcon is his um, at this point, mm-hmm. and we know that, or not at this point in the show, but uh, for most of his life, Millennium Falcon was his. Uh, Wait, so did you were you able to
0: uncover whether or not he was the owner of the Millennium Falcon now, or did still- Han
1: already have it? He was the Millennium Falcon owner. He was the original Millennium. I don't know about original, yeah, but he I, owned it before Han. I mean, like during during this episode. During this episode, I can't. I could not tell. There's no information, and I think there's no information because the Han Solo movie is going to reveal some of that. Uh, good and point. so I don't think
0: I'd have to imagine no, because there was no way they wouldn't show it if yeah, he yeah. had it.
1: Yeah. Um. So, but he so he ends up losing the Millennium Falcon to Han Solo in a game of sabacc one in which Han Solo cheated in, mm. which, I mean, isn't that egregious, given what Leonard does. Um, so after losing the Falcon, Cal- Calrissian put it into his days as a smuggler. So, that, so I'm imagining at this point, he's no longer smuggling because he does not own the Falcon, and so that's why he's getting into the mining business. Mm. And so that's one of the reasons he's not smuggling here or driving the Falcon. Um, all the other information we have on him really exist within this episode the comics and then empire strikes back return of the jedi besides that there's not much on him currently Uh. um so so that being said i wanted to have a quick conversation about him in empire strikes back where i think the funniest thing he does is at the end of empire strikes back we see him driving the millennium falcon Han has been frozen in kryptonite. I mean, why would you say that? In carbonite. Um, and they're going to Tatooine to save him, to rendezvous with Luke. And ha- Lando is wearing what looks like Han's clothes. <laughs> I mean, completely wearing his clothes. Yeah. He has his vest, and it's completely buttoned up. That's the only difference. And I want to know what you think about this. Is he wearing Han's clothes? Are the, or were these his clothes that he lost to Han with the (laughs) Millennium Falcon? Then he's like, well, I'm back. These are my
0: clothes. I'm putting them back on. I like that idea. I like the idea that Han inherited Lando's wardrobe with the Falcon. Cause that makes sense. And then it was like, oh, cool. Now I don't have to buy any more clothes. (laughs) And he just started wearing Lando's clothes. Before that, he like was into like bell bottoms and jean vests.
1: Yeah, my other theory is that he's sitting next to Chewie at the end of Empire and he has to wear Han's clothes because it has Han's scent on them. And so in that <laughs> Chewie is something like a dog. <laughs> you need to you need to make him comfortable.
0: Huh. So in universe, I don't, really I don't I don't know this for sure. But in universe, the like red dashes on yeah. Han's pants are a specific thing from yep. the Corellian yes. military. Yeah, that's that's the other theory behind those clothes. But you said that Lando's not from Karelia or whatever. No, but that doesn't mean you is. can't, you know, pilot for
1: them because oh, okay. yeah, that the, makes sense. One of the other things I've heard about Han's clothes, or yeah, is that exactly that it is the the outfit of a Karelian
0: pilot. Yeah, and, and so, like the the stripes are like his rank in the military, yeah. or like how many kills he got, or something like that. It's yeah. like it it signifies something. It's like if yeah. you were a vet and you just like wore camo
1: when you yeah. got home. But on the same side of the coin, it's like when Rey gets in the Falcon at the end of Force Awakens, she doesn't <laughs> need to put on a Krillian. <laughs> so, well, so so I was regar- wondering. Regardless, it's weird.
0: Well, I was wondering if if uh, Lando was part of the same military, and so they just coincidentally have the same uniform, and so now that. Lando's going to war in Return of the Jedi. He's like, all right, I better put on my war clothes. I'll hang up the cape and put on my war clothes.
1: Yeah, I don't know. Maybe, maybe he went to you know join the Krellian military. He's yeah, not I don't from, know. He's not originally from there. Yeah, as uh, I've noted, but uh, I, don't I don't know. At this point, he's into mining, as we know. When he gets into mining at Bespin, right? He, yep. Um Gas mining on Bespin. Yeah, type. T- Taberna gas. Tibana. Tab- 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 Tabana gas. Tabana, Tabana yeah. gas mining. Nope. Uh, so, so
0: that's a little cool. Uh, what uh, I want to know I'm yeah. not that into Lando actually as a character in general but yeah. I feel, find it weird that he's the one character we have no record about what happened afterwards we generally know after Return well, of the Jedi okay, we so generally interesting, know interesting knows. note
1: on that yep. uh, Lawrence Kasdan who co-wrote uh, Return of the Jedi and co-wrote uh, did some co-writing for a force awakens was asked in an interview about Lando. Um, and if we were going to see any more of him and he, Lawrence Kasdan responded that we have not seen the last of Lando in any way, shape or form. And I'm like, pretty sure it's exactly what he said. Interesting. Which infers that, well, it either means that we're going to see him in this Han Solo movie and he knew that or that we are going to maybe be seeing him in some of the later episodic films but Kazdan confirmed that
0: interesting yeah I'd be interested to
1: see what he got up to yeah so uh, yeah there's a little a quick snapshot of Lando Calrissian hope you enjoyed thanks Mike yeah
0: All right, everyone that's all we got remember you can always find us on social media by searching Rebels Rebels Pod Uh, email the show Rebels Rebels Pod at gmail.com or you know what? Leave us a review on iTunes and, you know, if it's... Tell, a, us, tell us what uh, what color lightsaber uh,
1: you would have and how long would it be.
0: <laughs> All right, yeah. That's a good one. If, if we like what you wrote on the, resp- on the review, we'll read it on the show. Or when you leave a review even better,
1: tell us what your scale system is. Oh, good and one. And we will present those scales on our show. Definitely. So cool. please do that. And uh, until next time, friends, be brave out there. And don't look back. Don't look back. Later. Peace.